Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman. I'm the senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it's time for another Steelers preview back on our regular night of Thursday. Thankful for that, and joining me as always, always thankful for Brian Davis and Dave Schofield, who are with me on this flight. Brian, what's going on? Hey, it's our Steeler family, all our Steeler family. Thanks for being here, and I, I look forward to this every single Thursday. Last week, we did it on a Tuesday. It was still special. Oh, that's nice. Dave, welcome to the show. What's going on with you? Uh, not much. It was special. Brian's right, but it just, it, that's not the way it's made to be played. Football's made to be played at one o'clock on Sundays, but uh, I'm ready to get back to that. It's exciting to get back to a normal week, try to get everything going. And I like moving on to the next game. Time to move on. I want to make a general statement here. We'll call it a blanket statement that this is a no judgment zone here for the Steelers fan base. If you want to hate the Steelers, hate the Steelers. If you want to hate the coach, hate the players, I don't care. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. If you're watching live on YouTube or on Facebook, you can feel free to fire away at whatever you want and understand that. Respectfully. Hey, we're all... Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, like how, I like how you use the word fire, and that's the one, <laughs> the one word I'm trying to avoid because yeah. it's just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. No, but still, like, hey. We had uh, Snoop, uh, Snoop-a-loop, who gave us the Super Chats a couple weeks ago, saying fire Tomlin in the postgame show. I, th- that's what they think. That's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. We may not agree, but they, hey, this is one spot where I'm not going to be a gatekeeper for any fan base. All are welcome, so keep that in mind. Um, other than that, I'm just really excited for this football game. I'm excited to watch the Steelers again. It feels like forever. That's the one thing I also hate about Thursday night football is if your favorite team doesn't win, you find yourself waiting seemingly forever to get that taste out of your mouth. So, all right, Philip, my boy, Philip, he gives us a dollar 99. He said, my God, these white Bengals uniforms make me sick. I have not seen them. I can only imagine how putrid they are. I'm watching Um, it right now. (laughs) Is is it as bad as he says it is? Um, I feel like I'm watching a black and white TV. That's what it honestly feels like. Well, you guys, well, Brian's probably old enough. Jeff might not have ever had a black and white TV. I had a, um, I, I had a black and white TV growing up. We had one color TV and we had this little, little uh, portable that we could hook into the antenna if we wanted to do everything right to where we had another little black and white TV. So I, I was used to watching that some. It feels that's just what it feels like. Sometimes it's like, it's like the old timey game. I did not have a black and white TV. My grandmother did. And so when I went to her house, if I went in the back bedroom, I had to watch a black and white TV. So I I can, I can, I'm familiar. So, all right, let's start with the news. It's been forever. There hasn't been a ton of news outside of the injury report, which we'll get to that in a second. I want to get your all's thoughts on something here. And it has to do with the jets. You know, the New York jets have had Joe Flacco, old Joey, uh, as the quarterback of their team the last three weeks, he is a one and two as a starter. He is not starting this week. Zach Wilson, who I always want to call Zach Morris for some reason, he is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets. When you when it, when it was in limbo, they weren't sure who was going to start. Who did you want to start, Brian? Zach Wilson. And here's the reason. This is Zach Wilson's war this week, but he's coming up off the shelf. The last time he played was August 9th in a preseason game and he's got i mean he has not seen game action he's never seen the pittsburgh steelers and i kind of thought 
Joe Flacco was in a little bit of a renaissance and he's always been dangerous against the Steelers. Everyone says that they want Flacco, but no, I, I really think that, that he throws well and he brought that team back against the Browns. So I'd rather take, take a nervous rookie. I mean, even though he's not a rookie, he's a second year man, but he's coming back in and in Pittsburgh against a wounded, angry team. Yeah. I, I don't like his chances. I, I think he's got a better chance at an over 40s bar. What about you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's number one. Yeah, we'll see there. how many how there. many jokes we get. How many times he goes there? Uh Zach Wilson's off the field antics. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> That's number one. Uh so Dave, what about you? When it came to the quarterback for the Jets, were you pulling for one or the other? I was honestly it's tough because you know you might think that one's better, but really when it comes down to it, especially the way Flacco's been playing, I was pulling for Zach Wilson to play because when you start a season, you don't start as a finished product. You are getting better and evolving as the season goes on. This is now game four for everyone else, but this is game one for Zach Wilson. So this is like you're getting a, a, a week one quarterback instead of a week four quarterback. Remember this, Steeler fans, if, if there might just so eventually happen to be a change at the quarterback position in Pittsburgh, that that's one thing you have to look at is that that quarterback coming in is like it's their week one, which isn't means it might take a little bit more time to get acclimated and everything. And for that reason, especially against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that does not start fast. I'm hoping that he doesn't start fast, and then that would be a better advantage for the Steelers. Yeah, I, I didn't want to see Flacco in this game. Uh, Joe Flacco has done damage against Pittsburgh, and he's done it in Pittsburgh. Uh, he would It would not be too big for him, I guess, if you want to use a Mike Tomlinism there. But I, I was pulling for Wilson. The one thing, though, that Wilson provides that might benefit him based on the other news surrounding the Jets, which is their offensive tackle situation, where I think they're on tackle three and four as their starters on both left and right, is Wilson's mobility. Assuming that his knee is healthy, he is more mobile than Joe Flacco in terms of if things break down, if someone like Alex Highsmith, Malik Reed, they get the edge around the tackles, maybe he can use his legs to extend the play. But ultimately, I didn't want to see Flacco either. People kept on saying, ah, give me Joe. Let's see, let's see Flacco one more time. Like, ah, I've seen that guy enough. I don't know if I want to see him again. But Brian, is there any part of the Jets that offense or defense that doesn't, not I'm going to say scare you, but at least get your attention? We'll put it that way. Absolutely. That running game, you've got, even though the offensive line is not doing well, you've got some horses. You've got a guy that was expected to be a very good rookie coming out of North Carolina. He was the second North Carolina player, Michael Carter. Javante Williams was the first one, but Carter is a second year man. He can do a lot of things back there. And they had Brees Hall from Iowa state who led college football last year. Who's very good as well. So you've got young talent there and, You've got Wilson throwing to Garrett Wilson. I don't know how healthy he is with those ribs. I know he went out of last week's game against the Bengals. I have not seen their injury report. You might be able to help me with that. But he is probably one of the most electric rookies right now. 
Okay, Dave, what about you? Is there anything about the Jets that get your attention? That And I know you just did your Stat Geek podcast on Thursday morning. Check that out on our audio-only platform. Uh, was there any even statistical things that you noticed that you're like, wow, like that's something? Well, yeah, I, I guess. I Well, it's tough because the Jets, I mean, they're a top 10 offense right now. No joke. When you look at yardage, they're a top 10 offense. But they're but they're actually behind the Steelers in rushing offense. So they're only averaging 84 yards a game on the ground, but they haven't played the Steelers yet. So we'll, you know, that's why the Steelers need to need need to step up and do something there. So that was pretty surprising, but I don't know that you can really go on that because if you're going to have a different quarterback, who's to say it's going to be clicking the same way? And much like some other teams when they have a younger quarterback, once you go to the young guy, you can't turn back. Do you really see them? You're going to hear me say a bunch of stuff like this today. Do you really see them? Oh, if, if Zach Wilson's not really getting it done by halftime going back to Flacco, I don't see that they could do that in this game. So if he's really struggling, it could be that you know he's got to take the lumps and the Steelers could benefit from that. So the numbers that stood out for me the most was the fact that they are a top 10 offense in terms of yardage because they're the number five passing offense in the NFL through three weeks. Now let's see if that's going to be the same with the new quarterback. But even with that, they score less points of the game than the Steelers do. Some people say stats don't matter, but that's not me. I think the stats <laughs> do have their place uh, in the game. But uh, let's talk about the injuries because Brian brought that up, and there are some big names on the Steelers coming into week four that, uh, yeah, I mean, when you hear Minka Fitzpatrick's name being listed by Mike Tomlin on Tuesday, it gets your attention. So Thursday, we wrapped up. We know that Friday's the final injury report with game status. Uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead and read us down that laundry list? All right. So for the Steelers, there are five players on the injury report. There were four yesterday. A player that was added today was Larry Ogunjobi. That's how you say it, Jeff. Um, that, but that's that's not injury-related, resting the player. My goodness, some people were upset. Why are they resting? They had a mini-buy. You know, I'd... If someone's, you know, maybe just a little, a little tight or something like that, um, <laughs> that, uh, that that maybe um, did to give them that rest, but uh, that's not a concern. But of the four other players, they were all listed in the in the press conference on Tuesday. It was Presley Harvin with a hip. And they even specifically, this is weird. Did you notice this in the injury report? They don't just have hip; they have left hip. Mm. Non, they don't usually non, see which side. Non-kicking hip. <laughs> yeah. So left hip. Um, but he practiced fully both days. You've got Kevin Dotson with an ankle. Is it the same ankle that, that he's had problems with, or is it something different? We don't know. But he's been a full participant the last two days, so does it really matter? Um, Minka Fitzpatrick trying to get through the concussion protocol. Full participant for two straight days. How, is it? It's very uncommon for someone to practice fully for two days and not come out of the protocol by in time for the next game. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. people might. And if anyone that knows about protocols is saying, how in the world is he practicing fully? Remember, they had all that time. I yes. believe Tomlin said that he reported it the day after his symptoms. Once the symptoms subside, they were probably trying to get him through the protocol so he could play this week. Yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. If, if they get two days of full practice and it's, it's unlikely, not impossible, unlikely. Yes. And the last person, because I don't want to leave it off, the player that has not practiced at all this week 
is Akella Witherspoon who left the game with that hamstring injury. Um, they're not saying much. I don't look for him to practice and I look for him to maybe be ruled out. And if that's the case, you, you might even want to look to see there'd be no reason to move him if he's going to miss four games to IR until Saturday. Um, but for all you know, he could come back and practice tomorrow and end up still still a possibility for, for Sunday. But uh, so that could go either extreme. There's a all there's often a lot of questions whenever you get that DNP two days in a row. So we'll have to see what's going on with, with well, on. I wouldn't a, bank on them. Let's do a little prediction here okay. for both of you all. If you had to predict any game status for the players that Dave just mentioned, who would be on the game status and what would the status be? The Steelers have not had a game status yet this season. Oh. Uh, Brian, is there any player you think is going to be out? Do you think anyone's going to be questionable or doubtful? I think Witherspoon's going to be out. Is that Absolutely. it? Do you think that's the only one? Yeah, I I really think, and I think way deep down in my brain, that if he's a full participant, then you're going to see Percy Harvin and... Presley. 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 Gosh, why did I... <laughs> I haven't done that in three a year. times in a show and never caught it. <laughs> I haven't done that in a year. Um, Percy Harvin. So you you have if you if Elvis has been there, then he's not leaving the building. <laughs> oh, 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 that oh. I mean Jordan Berry. I mean first it's, it's the bad nickname and then it's the then it's the bad one. <laughs> oh, don't bring up Weasel Boy. All right, yeah. I didn't bring that guy up for a reason. All right. Yeah. Don't talk about Weasel Boy. So you don't. You said you said the name. I, why are you bringing him up? I tell you what. As podcast producer, I'm booking him for Monday. Let's ride. <laughs> if we're calling rank, I'm going to say no. So, so the question is: Will he be a winner or loser? He would be the only loser. I would just yeah. say. He um, could punt in eight. The Steelers were smart to make punt. sure they had someone on the no, practice yeah. squad for the week, knowing there was even the possibility. You know, because yeah, sure. it doesn't I mean, hurt. It. I wish it was another punter, but <laughs> yeah, he has the negatives. Daniel McCullers gave him the negatives. That's what we have to. That means, uh, there's a, probably a whole group of people that listen to our podcast if they're younger that don't know what negatives are. They might be thinking we're talking about mathematical terms. <laughs> we're talking about how they used to make pictures. <laughs> All right, Dave, do you agree with Brian that the only person with the status is uh, an out for Akella Witherspoon? Yeah, I'm I'm looking for an Akella Witherspoon to be out. The only way it's going to be anything other than out is if he practices in some manner. And that really would surprise me because since they haven't played since Thursday, I would have thought if he would have played at all, he might have been limited today. The fact that he wasn't at this point, it's just you got to move on. I think he'll be out. I will also say this. If there is a status with Minka Fitzpatrick, that's not good. Meaning if he's a full participant, but they still have to throw a status on him, that means he hasn't officially cleared the protocol. So if he's clear the protocol, no status. If he's not clear the protocol, they've got to give him, they've got to throw the questionable in there. That's my understanding of it. Um, yeah. Even if they believe that he could clear it, and that could even then change on Saturday. But I'm just going to feel so much better tomorrow afternoon when that comes up and there's and there's nothing under Mick of Fitzpatrick. Right, yeah. So uh, our boy Philip gave us in our 499. Thank you very much for the tip. He said, speaking of injury, TJ Watt may be working out more, but let's pump the brakes now. He isn't tackling, falling, or wearing pads yet. 
Jeff thoughts as a PT personal trainer. Okay, so first off, I'm not a doctor. All right, so this, this the one thing you but have you play to, one on a podcast. That's true. I do. <laughs> I did. Well, then I have a whole day. bunch of questions for you. <laughs> no, a urologist. Bro, all this right? is not normal. <laughs> It should not it's look really that way. It should too. not look that way. All right. Uh, <laughs> I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Outside. Okay. Um, with TJ Watt's injury, keep, people need to remember this. We don't know what the injury was. We know it was a pectoral injury. Was it a complete tear? No, it wasn't. It didn't require surgery. Uh, which muscle was it? Uh, was it the tendon? All this stuff matters. And so... Everyone wants to say, well, TJ Watt's not going to be back until this week. But how can we, any of us say that? We don't know what the injury was. It's just like with Ben Roethlisberger when they would refuse to call it a Tommy John injury after he injured his elbow in 2019. Come to find out it was a Tommy John injury, which required that surgery that redoes all the tendons down in the elbow. So Mm -hmm. I want to make, everyone needs to know that TJ Watt is, we don't know what the injury is. Second, he's a freak of nature. And the reason I say that is that people that are built that way, they can typically heal faster. No, I'm not suggesting he's on steroids, which that is a benefit of anabolic steroids. Just ask Terry Bradshaw and all those 70 Steelers that took him for that reason. But I want to make sure it's very understood that I don't think anyone's rushing him back, meaning the organization. If he's cleared medically, he can do all the tests. He can not only lift and bench, but he can also protect himself on the field, then that's not rushing him back. I, I don't think that if it were four weeks, what that was after week one, right? So he could come back week uh, six, technically, right, Dave? If I'm Yes, he could begin practicing. Um, yeah. For for that because you you gotta you got remember you got the twenty one day window that you can come back and start practicing without going back on the roster, um, so that could technically be following week five. Yeah. So I mean, if, if he if he returns to practice, everyone's gonna freak out. I'm like, hey, maybe the injury wasn't as bad as we all thought. And when I saw him in week two without a sling on his arm, that was noticeable to me. I mean, if, if they're not trying to mobilize the shoulder in that joint. That means that, okay, that something's working. And then they show him working out before the game in week three in Cleveland on the field. I mean, he's just doing going through the motions. I'm like, geez, this guy's further along than we think. So don't worry. Um, TJ Watt might be back before you think. So, all right. There's the injury report. You want the um, Bengals? The Bengals. Yeah, it's not the I'm Bengals. I, I just turned into <laughs> the Bengals to commit a pass interference. Um, do you, what Go ahead and do the do Jets. Names, gray faces. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets, the New York Jets. Yeah, because, yeah. Like I said, this week, it really is about the, the Steelers. Here we go. Thursday, they had linebacker Quincy Williams' ankle did not practice. He didn't practice the day before either. It's not looking like he's going to play. They had cornerback um, Brandon Eccles with the hamstring was limited. Then their two other players on there were both full participants. And defensive lineman John Franklin Myers with a toe. And Zach Wilson with a knee, both full participants. There you go. All right. So, um, let's see here. Let, let's let's talk about this game. And I want to ask you all a general question. Dave has alluded to this, I think, on the Scobro Show. I talk about it on my Friday Let's Ride. And it's something that Mike Tomlin has talked about before. Style points. Style points. And he'll always say style points don't matter. What matters is you win the football game. 
there's been a section of the fan base, both on behind the steel curtains comment section, as well as on social media that believe that just winning this game is not going to be enough to convince them that the Steelers might've gotten around that bend. Uh, they want it to be in convincing fashion. Brian, what are your thoughts heading into this game in terms of, we all want the Steelers to win, obviously, but is how they win, does that matter? Absolutely not. Let's go back two years to my ugly girl at the prom phenomenon and Mr. 2AM. You just win, baby. You don't care what she looks like. You just go dance and have a good time, and you call it a win. Dave, what about you? Because I believe you had said that you'd like it to be uh, in convincing fashion. I want to say it was on the Scobro show. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I said convincing fashion or not. Maybe I did. I don't know. I did tell you this. I want them to play well. I don't want them to win just because they're the better of two teams not playing very well. I want them to play well. I want them to play well and win. If playing well and winning means that they they still just squeak one out because the Jets were playing really well, that's completely different than not playing well and still winning by double digits. I want them to play well and win. It's more than just the, the than just the victory. I really want to see see them them come together, put together two halves of football, actually possess the ball and things like that. So it would be great if it was in convincing fashion, but to me, more importantly, it's it's playing well. Then how much that is con- in convincing fashion depends on how well your uh, your opponent's playing. Yeah, the opponent definitely ties into that, and I I think that to me it, it's just like what Brian said. You just just win the game, just win the game. If if you blow them out, that's fantastic. If it's in convincing fashion, if it's a dominant performance, however you want to label it. That's fan. That's great. That's awesome. But ultimately, just win the football game. And so we're going to talk about our predictions here in a second. Before we do that, let's talk about the over-under. You all ready? Ooh, okay. Yes. Brian, are you ready? Do you have your little notepad and you're ready to yes. write it down? And before we get started, we need to do the standings so everybody oh, knows. Oh, man. And understands, Jeff is currently leading 12. Dave yes. has 11. I have nine. But what about last week? What last about week? Last- Last week you dominated. Well, you didn't dominate. You won five, four to three. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. Man, I had it sitting here ready to go. What? I, I had my little toy trumpet, so I could toot my own horn that I actually did all right. But uh, apparently, my son decided to steal it early. <laughs> That's what happens when you steal your kids' toys. They steal it's them it. back. It's all fun and games till the toy trumpet goes missing. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to do my you know little little Timmy trumpet of uh, impersonation. Sorry. All right, let's uh, let's start off with over under Pittsburgh Steelers team rushing yards. Team rushing yards. I'm going to set the line at 92 and a half total rushing yards. Brian, what do you have? Man, I got burned by this by like six last week. Six yards. So I'm going to go over. I like what I'm seeing. It looks like it looks like there is some improvement. That Jets defense is not. They're not gangbusters. They're, it's not the New York sack exchange from before where you had a lot of guys on the defensive line that were great both ways. So let's just go say over. All right, Dave, what about you? What was the number again? 92 and a half. That's total team rushing yards. I'm going over. The Jets are averaging giving up over 105. Um, so that's that's an, a, a nice matchup for the Steelers. 
I I think this is a time I want the game to play out in a way that the Steelers will have the opportunity to rush the ball. I have it. This is over as well, just north of a hundred. I feel like the Steelers this year are responding to criticism, meaning, you know, uh, I, I expect them to start throwing over the middle more these little passes and stuff that people are like, where is that? I think Mitch Trubisky design runs could be a part of that, but I think they go over 100. Now on the flip side of things, the New York jets, their rushing yards. Now they do not rush the ball at any crazy clip. Uh, their rushing yards though, against the Steelers, rush defense. I have that over under line set at 97 and a half, 97 and a half. Brian, what do you think? I'm going over for what I said about Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I think they're pretty good. Dave, what do you think? The jets, I think their rushing attack is basically suffering from the same thing that the Steelers is. And that is the game is not, falling in a way for them to use it even more. Even the game they won, look at, I mean, they had to score two touchdowns in the final minute 30 something in order to win that. So they were just constantly having to, to push the ball. So I think that's part of the reason why their, their numbers are lower, but you said it was 90, 97 and a half. I'm going to say barely under i think it's going to be in the 90s but may, but not above that i'm going to go over i just don't think it's going to be by much they barely squeak over 100 yards total but i have the over on this one okay let's go with george pickens receiving yards I was talking to a guy in the gym this morning i said he's going to go off one of these days you just don't know when it is and we were talking about vandal because he's really cheap and you're just trying to find that one game where he's going to make a big play i have his receiving yards at 56 and a half and so taking a look at things, his involvement in the offense, Brian, you had the over or the under. I'm definitely going over on this one. I, uh, I've been doing the same thing as your buddy in the gym, not working out, of course. But what I've been doing was <laughs> I've been saying every single week that this guy is going to go off. I really think this is a good place for him to do it. All right, Dave, what about you? 56 and a half. Ooh. I'm going to go under. Uh, it's not. It's not that I don't want him to. I'm. Who's going to go off? Is it going to be Pickens? Is it going to be Claypool? Is it going to be? I mean, has anyone really gone off yet? Yeah, that, that, if someone does, you're just you're you're still taking a one out of three shot that it's going to be him. So I'm just playing the odds. <laughs> All right, wishful thinking. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over, not by much. I'm going to have him around 65 or so. A couple big catches will get the job done. But I think George Pickens is at least trending in the right direction. Now let's go next over under Pat Fryermuth targets. So not receptions or yards or touchdowns, targets. He was not targeted until the very final uh, drive in Cleveland, I believe. I think it was that game or was that against new England? I literally no, losing it was, he was, he was thrown well over his head um, on the next to last drive. That was his first target and okay. it was against Cleveland. And then he was, then he wasn't, and then was targeted in the final drive where he had his two catches. Yeah. So I have it set at eight and a half. I feel like this is one of those knee jerk. They're going to target him a bunch because he wasn't targeted last game. So eight and a half targets for Pat Frymuth, Brian over under. I think he should get over. I really think he should, but 
I'm just going to say under, but slightly. I think he's going to get a lot more, but I'm thinking more around six. Okay, Dave? I'm going to go over because I don't know that, you know, Coach Tallman talked about the interior of the Jets defense, the interior of the Jets defense, the interior of the Jets defense. What were they worried about last week? They were worried about the guys on the outside. They were worried about Miles Garrett. They were they were keeping the, you know, having a, a tight end chip and everything more. If you're more worried about the interior, use your tight ends out there. So I'm hoping that that therefore it goes. It's me wishful thinking, but I'm gonna say over. I was I'm with Dave. I think it's a nine, but I, I he went into way, way more detail than I was thinking. I just thought over with nine. Um Okay, uh, before we get to this, we'll get Philip give us our dollar ninety nine. Said the over under on the number of times Jeff curses at Mister Jordan Berry. Well, hopefully it's an under of it's zero because he doesn't play. He shouldn't play. If he plays, then I'll set the over under at four, and I still will take the over. I would take the over on that if he plays. <laughs> All right, let's go to two more over under Pittsburgh Steelers sacks three and a half. Brian over under. I'm actually going to go under and I'm going to tell you why, because every time the Steelers play in the last couple of years, every time they seem to play a beat up line, they, they don't do as well. It's almost, they're expected to do it and they don't. So I got to go with the under here. All right, Dave. Um, you said three and a half. Yeah. Let's get them back on track, even without Trent Jordan. Let's go over. I was thinking three or four, so you split it right in the middle. And let's let's have a little more fun with the game, so I'll say over. The Jets averaged three sacks surrendered a game, so I'm sticking with that number. I'm taking the under with three. And then the last one. It's not going to be the same quarterback. You're going to have a more mobile quarterback, but you might also have a quarterback that doesn't have the savvy, savvy veteran skills there. i finally got, got it right got to it. to to dissect things it may hold the ball a little bit longer it, it I, I could see it either way yeah. let's do total first half points this is for both teams so points in the first half scored i have it at 24 and a half so we're talking first half points over under brian under okay dave under that's that's a that's a big number I don't know. The Steelers scored what? 14? They had 14. I mean, last 24 week. and a half. It could be 14 to 10, and that's still under. So, yeah, I'll take the under. I'll take the under, but not by much. I think there's going to be more scoring in this game than people think. So, okay, there's the over under for this week. Let's talk about the spread. What is the current spread? Is it still three, Dave, or is it moved to three and a half? Oh, I had the, I had the window up, and then I brought up the injury report on it. So, I've got to get back. It's, it's bounced a little bit, has it, between the three and the three and a half? Last I saw was three. Yeah, so right now it is it is back at three with the over-under at 41 and a half. All right. Brian, how do you see this game shaking out? I'm looking at – I'm going to give the Steelers a win here. And I'm going to go ahead and say that they win this game 27 to 26. Really? Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, so you would have them winning on the money line, but losing with the spread. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I had to think about it. Yeah. Dave, so Jets cover is what is what Jets another cover, word, correct. what Jeff is saying. All right. What is your prediction, Dave? Okay. My pain. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
my prediction is the the Steelers either need to get going right now or they're going to they're really going to struggle all year. So with this being I don't like I said I don't like to call must win games until it's a game that absolutely if they lose they're eliminated. But this is a they really need to win this game game. So for that reason I'm going to go with the Steelers and I'm going with them scoring a not going crazy, but scoring more points than they have. Um, very similar, exactly. In fact, exactly what Brian had in the Steelers scoring 27 points. But I also have the defense getting the job done. Because remember, Mr. Wilson has never had to had to throw balls with Mr. Fitzpatrick out there. And uh and their and their coaches aren't as familiar with Mr. Fitzpatrick, and uh, either he needs to to make sure they're constantly avoiding him, or can Minka sucker him into anything? So therefore, I think the defense is going to hold him down a little bit more. So I have twenty-seven to thirteen. I have the same score. I think I predicted this score three out of. I'm just going to keep picking it until it comes close. Twenty-three <laughs> seventeen Steelers. I, I picked it last week. I think I picked it New England. I just, there's something about that score. I feel like 23 to 17. I could see the Steelers coming out and getting up early. And then the Jets, it just seems like what the Jets do, especially in Pittsburgh, then they just slowly come back and they make it a game. And then our hearts are racing at the end and the Steelers hold on to win by a score. So in other words, much like the Broncos game last year. Yes. Almost around the same mm-hmm. time of the season. Very good. When the Steelers came back home after after a loss, that loss was in Green Bay. It was one week later, but the Steelers, you know, looked a little bit like a different team, was doing quite well, and then a game that they had in hand, they let it come back and it took an interception at the end in order to seal it. By Jimmy Pierre. Yeah, that's a yeah. good yeah. Jimmy P. Jimmy P. All right. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you all a question before we go to trivia or anything like that. I want to ask you all a question. I want you to think to yourself, barring injury. Give me a Mitch Trubisky stat line that would have Kenny Pickett entering the game in week four, or if not in week four, has Mike Tomlin turning the page in week five to Kenny Pickett? I don't care about, well, Jeff, he would never do that going into Buffalo or all that stuff. What would the stat line have to be for it to be so bad that Mike Tomlin says, we got to make a change? Brian, what do you have? I'm thinking it would have, and he hasn't done this really, but it would have to be like 16 for 36 and oh <laughs> and uh, two or three picks. He's been over 20. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just thinking but, 16 to 36. That's atrocious. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think, yeah, I really the stat has to be a. I think it's more of a bad loss and an inept offense more than his actually stat actual stat line. Okay. I, I, I think it's uh so what would the play look like then? The play? So in other words, if it's not so much the stat line, it's the way it looks. What does it look like that it's so bad that everyone and even including Mike Tom would say we've got to do something. Well it's just it's balls behind guys. It's just not penetrating the you know into Jets territory. It's, it's just a lot of things and it's got to continue. You've got to continue to look at the fact that, you know, it's that late game last week. They left the momentum. They had momentum. 
They left it in the locker room. That was a winnable game. Again, they had two winnable games. They won the, the game they should have lost. And they had two winnable games. So what I'm saying is if you have those that fourth quarter with no drives again, with like a, a string of three and outs, that's what the play is. Okay. I hesitate asking Dave this question, but I'm going to anyways. Dave, what do you think about like what would the play look like in terms of Mitch Trubisky that would be so bad? All right. Before I do that, I do want to say um for those you know thoughts and prayers out the 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 backboard is on the field for Tua. Oh he is oh. down shot to the back of the, slammed back into the ground and his hands kind of like curled up on him after that. It's kind of scary right now. Um they just cut the commercial but uh you don't want to see that no. from anybody uh, out on that field. So um uh, for 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 Tua and the whole Dolphins, you know, thoughts and prayers out to you all. Back to the question. To me, that that stat is 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 simple. I'm going, I'm going three picks and a fumble. Oh, turning a fumble. You know, and you know, it can even be two. You know, two, and that's a fumble loss or two picks. Two picks of fumble, assuming none of them are in guard. You know, if one of them's in garbage time, it would take probably four turnovers or three key turnovers at times. Uh, otherwise, you know, it, it's kind of like the garbage time turnover last game. That do you really count that? You know, poor Najee Harris now has a fumble on his on his stat line because of what they were trying to do in that last game. That's a whole different story. But uh, if the Steelers could never really get in it or get things going because of turnovers. And I don't think that's going to happen because I also feel that part of the problem that the that the offense isn't you know more productive. They're not taking chances because they're trying not to turn the ball over. Because if they turn the ball over, that's the biggest thing that would get him that, that would get your quarterback benched. So it's kind of a catch twenty two there. In my prediction, I, I honestly think that what they come out looking great in the first half, similar to what they did in week three. And in the second half, it falls apart again. The Jets come back. They don't win. But it's just enough that the fan base continues to be borderline relentless with thinking about changing the quarterback. Yet Tomlin won't do it based on the fact that they played well enough in the first half that they're not going to go and make that change. So I think it would have to be kind of what Brian talked about. 16 of 36, a bunch of turnovers, looking inept in every way i don't i'm not predicting that to happen at all but at the same time i think that you know we're, here we are this is where we are in the season where a lot of people are talking about this so we'll see all right do you all both have uh trivia tonight i know dave does but brian i do all right let's fire away go ahead all right so in 1975 the jets had a head coach that did not last the whole season he is actually a legend in the game of football but he went one and thirteen. Excuse me, one and twelve that year, and they did not play in the final game. And because he, well, he didn't play because he was fired with one game to go. So, who was that legendary head coach that sucked with the Jets? And this was before he became a legend. said in 75 
1975, yes. Hmm. Uh, let me double check that, but. Let, let me uh, let me tell you this. He he <laughs> is a legendary college coach. I'm probably not going to know that. Yeah, I'm not a good college guy. Yeah, but you know this one. The, this guy is is an absolute legend. Went on to some broadcasting. Um, he fought. He was Irish. Lou Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz, and excuse me, I got his record wrong. He was three and ten in 1976. Wow, Lou Holtz coached huh. the Jets. I had yes, no idea. I mean, you just dropped enough hints that made me. <laughs> that made me. Um, yeah, Lou Holtz yeah. was the coach of the Jets in '76. Yeah, from West Virginia. I did not know that. Yeah. Yep, Lou mm-hmm. Holtz. Uh, so is Nick Saban. You know, you know who? Oh, don't get me started on Nick Saban. He screwed me over the rental car when I was a manager. Um, I hate that guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Sorry. Good. Good stuff. Well, what's hey, what's good ahead. for us right now is we can't look for the answers in the live chat because for some reason on Streamyard yeah. our live chat is completely frozen. I am checking on YouTube. In case anyone throws in a super chat, I'll make sure uh, we don't miss it. So if people are wondering if we're not responding, that's that's nothing that we have control over. Mine is a – I have to grab it real quick. Mine's a very quick, short question, all right? And that is this. This, this is – I'd say this isn't a must-win game for for the Steelers because they technically wouldn't be eliminated, but it's, it's, it's very close because what is the ultimate goal every season? To win the division? That's all you want to do? That's the first goal. No, what's the ultimate goal? Uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, it's to win the Super Bowl. Uh, When's the last time a team started a season one and three and won the Super Bowl? Well, I can tell you... Actually, no, they didn't win that year. Um... The Dallas Cowboys, did they do that in 93? I do not know if they did that in 93 because it happened bef- set more recently than that. Okay. Hmm. I only went back until I found it, but I didn't keep because it took hmm. long enough to get there. I didn't keep going back. So I will tell you there's a there's a there's a few teams in there that were that were two and two. That that went on to, to win the Super Bowl, but you had to go back. Um, you know, there was a lot of, and th- believe it or not, most of them are three and one. Um, very few four and zero teams. Not no one. No, well, I'd have to keep going for a long time to see if anyone was zero and four. But I did find a team that was one and three. Can you give me a hint, please? Um, it was before any of us were at BTSC. <laughs> Wow! So, and it very well might have been um, not very well. It let's let's just say this: if I would if I would have been a teacher in Wheeling, West Virginia, I might have had one uh, Jefferson Hartman in class. Oh, gosh! I, <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'll also tell you this. You could if you probably... would have been a teacher, so I graduated no one. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, it's the yeah. Patriots. I was gonna say, if you really want to think about it, your your safest bet is the Patriots because they've won so many Super Bowls since then. But it was it was actually so technically I wasn't thinking about what when the game would have taken place. I, the year of the season kind of messed me up. But it was the 2001 Patriots. They started the season one and three and still went on uh, to to win the Super Bowl. So, but, but they but they also, they weren't, I think two other times of two of their Super Bowl wins were, where they started two and two. They're not a team, team that always started off crazy uh, out of the gates, but that's really tough to go one and three and then still turn around and make it the whole way there, regardless of how your schedule looks going forward. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's do some final thoughts here to wrap up the show. Brian, go ahead. You're first. All right, so the other day on my show Bad Language, I had a headline saying that Mike stubborn Mike Tomlin's stubbornness might just pay off. And or will it pay off is exactly the way that I had it. And the reason I had that headline is because a lot of fans are looking for Mike Tomlin just to have a quick hook. Mike Tomlin to me as a head coach seems to be one of those guys that is very patient. And I'm starting to think that of course, that's the same thing with the Roonies because how many times were we asking, not me, but how many times were fans asking for the head of let's say Bill Cower for Mike Tomlin, even Chuck Knoll when he started off one in 13 in 1969. So Patience is kind of a virtue. And the reason I brought up the whole stubbornness thing, because the fact that he did not, he does not wilt in past years, there have been seasons where he has been two and six at the half. There have been seasons that he was 0 and four and did not have a losing season with those. And that 0 and four team in 2013 was a doink off of the crossbar from Ryan Suckup in his rookie year for the Kansas City Chiefs when they rested everybody. And that team almost made the playoffs. And and I kind of, in my heart, I think they would have made a great run because they were really peaking after starting 0-4. They were a really good team. So stubbornness isn't always a bad thing. So my thing to you is when you read a headline, go ahead and listen to the show too. Because that question is a question that's on some people's mind, but not on everybody's mind. All right, Dave, final thoughts. It's a long season and a lot of things can change. There's things that are happening now with the Steelers team that is so frustrating. And, oh, I, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. All oh, the Steelers need to need need to, to make wholesale changes with this, that, or the other thing. In six or eight weeks, you might be looking back and like, gee, I don't even remember how it was then. Remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was a top 10 rushing defense early in the season last year and ultimately finished last. It can go either way. So that's so it's not like, oh, calm down. It's going to get better. We don't know if it's going to get better. It might get worse. We don't know as fans, but the things that we think are definites right now are most likely not going to be definites in in eight weeks from now, hopefully they're not definites 
in a bad way, but more in a good way. So there's, there's still a lot of football to be played. Uh, some people were saying, oh, how can you go into next season if you know Mitch isn't the answer and you don't give Kenny Pickett a chance to at least show what he can do? You know what? There's still 14 games left. I don't think they have to have all 14 for that. And that's what the Steelers have decided. Now, we'll see as those as that number dwindles down and how things are playing out. We are down now because we've had to sit for a week now dealing with this loss. Remember, just to put some perspective on it, the Steelers have been underdogs in every game they've had this season, and they're one and two. They're not underdogs this week. This is the one they need. They need this one. Go out there, play hard, and get the job done. All right, my final thoughts are simple. I hope that the fan base is just sticking with the team. It's been frustrating. It's been difficult at times. Uh, we are not going to go anywhere. We, you know that. I mean, if you followed <laughs> behind the steel curtain for any duration of time, you know we'll still give you the podcast. We'll still give you the articles, all the commentary, you name it. But we hope that you are emotionally still invested in the team, even though things might not be going as planned. So keep that in mind. We're excited. I'm excited. And uh, another game coming up. Coming and we'll be up back on, Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. I forgot to mention that. We, the three of us, will be back on the post-game show. So you'll check us out probably about 20 minutes after kickoff. We got to listen to the Mike Tomlin Ooh. press conference, things like that. That's that's still in the first quarter. What? Oh, you mean 20 minutes after the clock hits zero? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. They knew right. what they meant, correcty corrector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back for the post-game show, and then we'll be back next week as we preview that upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills. But in the meantime, make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week.